Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. My like Mo. And Leia's here as well. Return of the Mo. Yeah, it's been a while since Return of the Mo. Return of the Mo. Chase! I don't know if, you, if you've got license to play that. To <laughs> <laughs> sing that song. If <laughs> get shut down, you know why. Alright, well, um... Mo's got a question for us. Okay. Oh, straight away. Straight away. Oh. Yeah, because I can't do story time and then Mo's question is unrelated to what story time Very is. Very fair point. Very fair point. Alright, so... This um, is the first time we're hearing it, by the way. He's tried to ask me that like, twice and I've stopped him. <laughs> yeah. So we get a live response. Live response. On, but, like, without... We, where we, everyone has to kind of think on their feet. Yeah. And get get generally what, how they feel and what they think. I'll just say the first one that comes to mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, Leia, Leia's thinking on their feet as well. Um, so most of you might not know it, but, um, easy, easy. Most of you might not know it, but I recently became, um, a youth minister, um, or an apprentice youth minister, either ever. And, um, it's, like, real, t- um, it, it has its challenges, but the question today is directly relating to how we engage with people and how I kind of engage with people as a minister or just as an individual. And the question is, is it right for us to impose our convictions based on the word on other people? Or even so, (coughs) is it right for us to hold other people to what God has revealed to us or the convictions God has given us. Right. So, um, practically, if someone hasn't got the conviction that as a Christian they need to live holy, can I hold them to that conviction because it's in me? Even though it's in the word, can I hold them to that conviction because they haven't got that conviction? Mm. So to them, it's gonna, it, it essentially will play out as an act of self-righteousness mm. because they're like oh he's just kind of bothering me to do this I'm just going to do this mm. without that sense of conviction mm. personally I think for me um, it, <coughs> it comes down to two things the one being if you're a Christian hey Pete why are you shouting uh, just so that just in case Leia makes noise <laughs> 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 which now he's drawing attention to it yeah just so that if someone if, if you're a Christian we all live by the word mm-hmm. so I think there's always room for um, theological theological debates based on the word, and so we can always go back to the Bible. We can always go back to, you know, um, what we all hold as true, um, and, and take it from there. But then part two of that is this. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> Just give her one. Just one at a time. Yeah. But she's got too many options and the bowl it's just a myth. There you go. Part two of that is um, this idea of um, Paul saying if someone doesn't want to eat meat, don't uh, you know, they shouldn't don't make them feel guilty. Mm. That's the thing, like respect that and mm-hmm. don't cause them to, to doubt or to sin based on your realization of the freedom mm-hmm. there is to eat meat. Um, so where it, for me where it doesn't have consequence on your on, 
on your salvation. Can I say that? Um, like we might have different doctrine related to certain things, and it doesn't really change the fact that you believe Christ is your Lord and Savior. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. We can differ on that, you know. But then, if if our difference is as a Christian, I don't believe Christ is the Son of God. Then we're gonna have issue, and we're gonna have to debate that in the Bible. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, Robert. Um, I think regarding convictions, um, what I would throw out there is something that convicts me. Something that convicts me might not convict someone else, mm-hmm. but in that same way, someone that convicts someone else might not convict me. Mm-hmm. So then, there's that counter argument that if someone came to me because of a conviction they had that I don't have does that mean that I should then feel convicted to, to live um, the way that, that they think that I should live mm-hmm. the answer is no <laughs> and it's because, because like everyone's relationship with God is different and mm-hmm. God has placed different things on people's hearts mm-hmm. um, that's how some people have like a heart for evangelism yeah. some people have a heart for teaching mm-hmm. and just because you, you don't have just because you have a heart for evangelism doesn't mean that Everyone you come across, you should tell, say, you, you, need, you need to evangelize. Yeah. yeah. So, some people do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> some people do. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I just think it, it comes down to where you are in your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And because um, not, not everyone will be at the place where you are. Some people might just be starting off. Mm-hmm. Some people might be deluded to thinking, yeah, their relationship is, 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 is firm. And it's exactly that. It's a, it's exactly that. It's exactly. It's exactly that. It's like, as a leader of school, and a player, Are you done? Thank you. As a leader of school and. A leader of young minds that are growing in are growing in the faith and are starting to discover they they're not only going through um, like spiritual difficulties in terms of trying to figure that out, but they're going through emotional um, transitions, psychological trans, bodily transitions. So they're hitting adolescence and going through that set of changes as well. So it's like there's a lot more that's kind of happening there. And how do I... The real question is, how do I kind of... Is it right for me? Is is that the same way you said that everyone's kind of got their relationship with God? And does that then mean... Actually, kind of... it's, It's like, how do I present... What I feel is true from the word, mm. without imposing my set of convictions on them. So yeah. it's like practically, how do I help navigate them without imposing my convictions on them? So, if um, personally I'm convicted, I shouldn't drink alcohol, and that's a personal conviction. So I know not to impose that on anyone. But um, when the Jews went to the Gentile city with where Paul and I think um, Timothy were. Paul was, yeah, yes, Timothy. And they were saying that you need to be circumcised, you need to be this, you need to be that in order to be accepted into the fellowship. 
and Paul went back to uh, Jerusalem and they said, no, the only things you should do is abstain from sexual morality, don't eat meat um, that still has blood in it and there was something else, I can't remember. I haven't read that bit. Yeah, there was there was like three or four minimal things that they were like observe these. There was three things I think. They were observe these things, and the rest just live out. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm. And it's like, do we? Do I then just boil it down to a few essentials Mm. that I feel like yeah, just don't do this, don't or like how practically? How do I kind of? work with them because it's like as a pastor you're pretty much in a role to share your convictions mm. so I'm like what, what's the difference between that? what's the difference between a pastor who is paid to share his convictions and a youth minister who is to shepherd a youth minister who's to shepherd young minds. I think one <clears throat> one thing I find helpful when trying to discuss the whole philog- uh, theology thing mm-hmm. is asking open questions. So like, so, so like have like a like a debate about a, um, a topic, mm. and it could be something like. It can be something like something silly, like um, like during our first podcast, we we're talking about if someone has bad breath, like she what should you do to that person? Yeah. yeah, because even though that's not like a like a huge like theological like conundrum, mm. like that's something that you come across in, in, in your life, and it's something that you might have to tackle one day. Mm. So there's there's that, or you could even or you could take it all the way to um, just like the basics. You think sex outside marriage is wrong. And then, and, 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 and then just start a conversation from that. Mm-hmm. And that way you get to see what they think the answer is. Mm. And then from there you can, you can navigate them through more questions. Mm. But wouldn't that, would that be done with an end target in mind? Or just seeing where the conversation goes? I think both. Because um, I feel like... You have to allow people to come to their own conclusions. But um, doesn't that then, sorry to keep interjecting, but doesn't that then present um, relativity within the faith in terms of it might be true for you, there's no absolute truth. There's relative truth yeah. based on your own conclusion. Um, I mean, personally, whilst, whilst you formed that thought, personally I think it, it's almost similar to having to train up a kid if that makes sense, mm-hmm. in the sense of there is that element of having to present what you know um, and believe as true. Even though these are individuals, there is, I think, as, as a pastor as well, there is that, that, um, that duty of care that you have and that you have to present the truth. Now, I think possibly a, an avenue to do that would be to come to a place where you, as Rob was saying, understand their point of view but that they also understand whatever you say, you say from a place of, I believe this to be the best for you. Mm. And so whatever you are presented to them is presented in love, and they understand that. Mm. Um, so that then you can present the truth to them, you can present their, your convictions to them, not with the expectation that they have to follow it, but with understanding that they know this is 
your truth and this mm. is the truth based on whatever you show them in the Bible mm-hmm. and then whether or not they take it that you can't force them to do but at least you present it yeah. and with the whole thing about relative truth like I feel like relative truth will eventually lead to absolute truth no 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 no, no, no. We, we see that we see that now we see that in different denominations we see that I was literally just about to say in terms of like Mormons Jehovah yeah. Witnesses it's all relative th- these are all relative truths within yeah. I can't even say within the faith because they've deviated yeah. on fundamental things in it in it Leia like they've deviated on fundamental beliefs and truths that core orthodox Christianity believes in that it's now like what are you you're like a, you're like a hybrid yeah. then what's to say that that your 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 truth is the is the right truth and that's, that's another which is why we don't hold ourselves to know everything but we, we remain students even though we are now teachers or are now in the mm-hmm. position of teachers and everything goes back to the bible and i think that's why the bible was given that this is this is the you know someone said the only part of heaven that's physically available oh. so we we know this to be true we then, know the bible to be true but then like pro- prosperity gospel um pros- prosperity um, gospel 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 can be preached from the word but it can, also, it can also be debunked from the word and it will only come when someone wrongly preaches from the word or as as you know more will quickly tell you <laughs> when you're straight out of context <laughs> so if it can be debunked and it has been debunked why is the prosperity gospel still a thing why do people still smoke it's addictive Simple answer. It's no, it's addictive. Simple if I can answer. go and hear what will tickle me, yeah, it's cool. But my problem with that as well, <laughs> because when I'm sitting at home, I think of things to shoot at home. Is good news isn't supposed to be painful. If it, if it wasn't good news, it wouldn't be. Called, if it wasn't good to hear, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be called good news. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. But Paul does say that there is, are also. It's yeah. a stumbling block. Yeah to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles mm. so even though it's good news mm. it isn't put in a in a it isn't presented oh no no so I, 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 was say, I was saying that to play devil's advocate for prosperity gospel because prosperity gospel is good it's good news it's good news but <laughs> it's, it's missing it's missing the it's fundamentals missing yeah, it's missing yeah. the fundamentals where they've made Jesus an idol yeah, yeah. they've made Jesus they you come to Jesus for something else yeah, yeah. and that's 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 not the way forward. Yeah, just so we're clear, I don't believe in prosperity gospel. I just like poking people for me. Mate, if if you did, like podcast done, done for the day. <laughs> Get out my house. Yeah, I guess like the best thing you can do is just stay in tune with God and ask Him what He wants you to tell mm. these kids. Mm. Mm. And then, and then, yeah, and then you have nothing to worry about because, like, you go based on what you feel God is telling you. So, don't tell them anything unless you feel like <laughs> you've heard it from God. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I feel... Ideally, yes. Ideally, I would say 100% agree with that. And I do agree with that. I just find that it doesn't always work that clear-cut. Mm. Um... Because it, it then, which we should, we should as, as Christians and as believers and as um, being leaders, we should always be in positions where we're constantly hearing from God and we're able to relay that. 
but the truth is we're not. And it's how do I stay true to the position God has called me to, the people he's called me to serve, and to him, ultimately to him. Because it's like I have read through his work and I genuinely believe that God has revealed this to me. It has convicted me. It has now become a part of my process, my processes and the way that I function. Um, I know that not everything that God shows me, I'm able to show them because I'm at a totally different stage from them. So there's a case of um, revealing what God kind of um, impresses on my heart to reveal. It's a case of in submission to him and in line with what he's kind of showing me, how to faithfully present okay it's more like is there a point not yet, not a point but it's like the baba because it comes down to what Robert Robert's uh, comment as well in terms of relativity and it's like in essence, we as Christians are functioning on relativity. We shouldn't be, but we are. Because for one person, they might know ABC. But they're like, I'm not going to hold on to that. I'm going to do something else. My, again, my conviction is that with the indwelling Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit convicts, comes to convict us of three things, sin, righteousness, and the judgment to come. So the Holy Spirit will convict us that we have sinned when he initially comes. We have sinned. And the only way to stand righteous before God is in what Christ has done. And that lines in with judgment. And continually he reveals truth to us. He leads us into all truth. And it's, it's a case of... So I believe that there will be characteristics in people's lives to show that you have encountered this God who you, you claim to have encountered and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, which is all listed out in First John. But my question, my concern now is... I have been convicted of that from my time in the Word. Am I right in not imposed, like, presenting that to them? Yeah, yeah, why not? Well, I guess, I guess one thing to keep yourself safe would be when you're presenting something to them, present it alongside the Word, that way you can show them how you come to the conclusion that you've come to. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's, that's, that's the only way to do it. The only way to honestly do it. Otherwise, mm. you're asking them to trust, trust in you, you as opposed yeah. to in the world. But then I think the, the the other thing is to realize that it's not your job to... It's, it's not your job, neither can you make them believe or make them be convicted by that. That's God's job. You know, all you're there to do is to present the word. You know, and everything that follows thereafter is, is up to the Holy Spirit, is up to God. The conviction, the change... The abiding by the word isn't necessarily done by you. It's not. It's not something you can do anyway. Yours is to present, and then let the Holy Spirit do this work, which is everything else. 
Yeah, it's like that's it hits the nail on in the head because that's fundamentally where my issue lies because it's it's like the Jeho- the person who started Jehovah Witnesses presented what he thought was true. The person that started Mormons presented what he thought was true. The person that presented all these little sets and cults presented what they thought was true. And they're now leaders of what we classify as sex and cults. Yeah. And it's like... So it... it, it, But then, uh, if I point something out to you before you finish the thought, the Jehovah's Witness don't necessarily believe in the entirety of the Bible. Mm -hmm. The Mormons have decided to go and grab another whole book Mm -hmm. presented to them by someone, Momoni, or whoever his name is, in some (laughs) golden treasure chest in America somewhere. Um... Like all these, the, the 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 safety net is the word of God, mm-hmm. and I think presenting like like Robert was saying, presenting your point of view from the word um, is 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 the safety is 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 the way around that because all of these other guys, in some way or some form, have rejected some aspect of the of yeah. the word, and so even though they're presenting their relative truth, mm-hmm. they're not. Using that baseline okay. that we all as Christians should have, mm-hmm. and that's why, again, as Christians, if we remain in a state of or in a readiness of learning with a heart ready to learn, then because we all have the basis of the word, mm-hmm. if you present to me a truth that doesn't align with mine, and I am Berean in mm-hmm. my in my in my approach, I take what you're saying, I compare it to the word, and it's. You know, it's pride that makes us hold on to certain things sometimes. Yeah, yeah, Otherwise, I should be happy to say, you know what, actually, yeah. that point you made is right that's and right. I was wrong. Yeah. You know, and I think that is, that's another conversation altogether yeah. about pride and about our egos um, and about how the devil uses those things mm. to stop us from growing. But <laughs> if we all hold the Bible as true and that is something that God has given us that can be held as true, mm. that can be held as a baseline, then we really shouldn't have any of these problems. So, yeah, we do. But then those aren't necessarily even from, you know, the struggles that you're having right now. Those mm-hmm. are from pride, those are from egos and stuff that we shouldn't be dealing with in the first place. Okay. It does It does make sense. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I, I kind of... Because I've been going to, like, um, the... My line manager mm. went to a theology class. And I'm so happy I haven't dropped names or churches or whatever. So far. He went to it so far. He went to a theology class. And literally, the guy said, um, it's, it's all based on your own perspective. Essentially. How, how, how dangerous is that? It's all based on your own perspective. Mm. And it's like, I was like, raw. For a top guy yeah. to be saying that when he's given a theology course mm. to say it's all based on your perspective. So how are you going to mark my work? <laughs> based on his perspective. Well done, like that day, his perspective is in your favour. Mate. Another thing. And it's like... Is that one that works there, Christian? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, how are you telling youth ministers and youth leaders that their theology is just based on their perspective mm. 
So how how do they then relay that to the children? Yeah. yeah. Then they give their children their perspective. Yeah. And plus it's like, oh, this is my perspective. I don't believe that. Well, that's true. That's your perspective. And it's just like, it removes us being challenged by the word. Because it's just a case of where my perspective is true. And if we've got individuals kind of saying this who, who hold influence and hold a position of of teaching other people like what can we really hold on to other than what Peter said it's like it's the word and I know that people's arguments with the bible is that man written it's been corrupted nope. it's missing books nope. um, it's been altered nope. it's been reworded nope uh, like the to people that I call the Catholic Bible is more complete than the Protestant Bible. Go and kiss the Pope's ring there, right. <laughs> And it's like there's so many different arguments mm, that are attacking the one book. Yeah, yeah. that are that is shaking people's faith mm. and belief and trust in the book. Mm. So to a degree I can understand why people want to supplement oh, to other books to kind of ensure its validity yeah. but at the same time it, it's oh, shaking the foundation upon what the faith yeah. is built on yeah which which is why and I, I go into things that you know most people don't need to go into mm. which is why I think the Bible authenticates itself mm-hmm. with a demonstration of its design mm. you know so Talking about, oh, the Bible's been rewritten, whatever. There's a reason why God didn't write it in English. There's a reason why God didn't write it in, say, French. He wrote it in Hebrew. He wrote it in Greek. Because those languages had certain characteristics that lent themselves to preserving the meaning of the text and preserving the um, or, um, authenticity of the text. And then you look at the original languages as well, and there are certain properties that lie therein that prove that the text in and of itself couldn't come from human technology. Mm. So when you realise those things, you have a confidence in the text because it authenticates itself in ways that you can appreciate, in mathematical ways, and ways that can be demonstrated. You know, So I completely get what you're saying, but I think, as, again, it comes down from a maybe a lack of faith, but then also Probably. a lack of steady. Probably. You know, because... The, the word authenticates itself, it really does. It demonstrates itself as perfectly pure. Even, like, the most basic example I can give is the fact that the names in Matthew, Genesis 5, mm-hmm. the names in Genesis 5 where it talks about, and Adam begat Seth, and Seth begat this, yeah. and that begat that. Those names, when you translate them, forms it forms the sentence. Mortal man is appointed death. But the blessed God shall come down teaching that his death shall give the believers rest. No, shall give the suffering rest or something like that. Which in Genesis 5 talks about Jesus Christ in the names of the people. The names of which we know why those names came about. You know, his death shall bring Methuselah. His name was given because God gave a prophecy to Enoch that his death shall bring the judgment. And so we know Methuselah's name was Hiv Death Shall Bring. All the other names in the word, all the other names in the word, we see the situations in which those names are given. But God used that to 
give the story of Jesus Christ, who wasn't to come till thousands of years later in the New Testament, in Genesis 5, in the very beginning of the book. And that's just one way in which it authenticates itself. You know, because you can't so, contrive that. Mm. You know, so... You know, I'm not, I'm not even going to get into the, the chemists and, and the Egyptologists and all of those stuff. Um, so, yeah, it, it's... That, that, that has been like a... A sort of... Not a thorn, but like just something nagging at the, at the back of my mm, mind. Like, yeah. how do I present what I feel God has presented to me through His Word mm. to these guys about it being imposing? So, have you tried to present it to them? Um, up to now, the way I've presented it to them, I've been having it's through dialogue rather than talking or teaching. It's through dialogue, and I'm just like. Um, so I spoke to them about worship mm. and I was just dialoguing with them and getting them to un- trying to get them to understand that worship isn't just what we do on a Sunday praying, lifting up your hands and, worship- and singing and stuff but worship is a lifestyle and it's literally surrendering everything you, everything you have and everything, all of who you are mm. But surrendering it thankfully to God. Mm. So it's like if you're a footballer, surrendering your skills to God thankfully whilst you're on the pitch. Mm. If you're a dancer, doing that like that. If, if you're an academic, yeah. studying being thankful to God. Mm. Um, and that's literally like practically what, living a life of worship. Yeah. And I told him about a story of a, um, a chef who said that whilst he was cooking, was the greatest moments of him spending time in God's presence. Mm. Because he literally used to say, oh, I'm flipping this omelette to the glory of God. Mm. And then he'd be practicing God's presence as he's like cooking and stuff, mm. and he enjoyed it. Mm. And he was bringing God into what he was doing. I was just dialoguing with them, um, getting their perspective, sharing my perspective, and just trying to explain to them either how I got there or why I'm there. Mm. Um, and I think it aligns in with what Robert was saying in terms of just sharing it as like, this This is my perspective, this is kind of how I came here. Um, and yeah, but I think what is highlighted the most for me is the absolute need for diligent study. For everything to be grounded in the word and everything to be able to be backed up by the word. Um, so it's not just giving them my convictions, but it's saying... These are kind of the steps where where they kind of traced from in the word. And when you say um, diligent study, like, are you studying using other people or just like using what the Holy Spirit is telling you about scripture that you're studying? Um, I think everyone's kind of got different study techniques. when I first started studying I was relying heavily on other people's work so I kind of read other people's work and then see their what they thought or whatever but then I found that there was a flaw in that because I'm just well if that's all you're doing if that's all you're doing yeah yeah. Yeah. I'm just kind of taking in other people's opinions Mm. and what um one of the I can't remember if it was John Piper or Paul Washer but he was saying, one of them, yeah, it was Paul Washer. 
was saying along the lines of do your personal study allow God to speak to you and then look at other people who are studying as well and see if it lines up see where there have been um, disagreements based on that and then see kind of like follow the trail of the argument and see what points were raised what, what was two and four and prayerfully kind of examine that and see where God leads you again um, so it is private study initially and then you kind of step out so he's saying that there was like a a two or three step process to study so the private study and then you step out to people around you and then you kind of share with them what God has been sharing with you in the word and then after that you also go into like um, commentaries and concordances and stuff like that you can use those stuff whilst you study but don't rely on them Mm. Rely initially is more reliance on the Holy Spirit to reveal as you're studying. Yeah, I think I think yeah, there's room for there's room for both. There's room for good, um, you know, personal study, but then also for searching for you know good scholarship that's been that's been done by you know those ahead of you. You know, can always easily recommend people like C.S. Lewis, people like Spurgeon. Can easily recommend you know their studies and and their scholarship. As 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 complementary to your own study as well. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not enough to just eat what they what what they gave because their revelation and their things were different and for their circumstances. But it's worth it's important that we study. And you know the Berean. We always go back to the Bereans. You know the fact that they would listen, but then they would also search the scripture daily themselves to prove those things true or false. Um, so it's not enough to just listen, especially. Not just listen to you know the televangelist of today, or you know the super mega church person. I, I wouldn't encourage that. Look, do what you need to do. <laughs> On my personal convictions, I wouldn't encourage that. Um, but I, I would say, don't let any of those be the only source, Definitely. or be the only uh, compliment to 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 or the only way that you hear of God, because mm-hmm. then you're hearing someone else's God. Mm-hmm. Study the word yourself is so mm-hmm. important for this personal diligence study and that actually leads me sorry yeah just just as equally as well because mm. um, Peter kind of said televangelists and stuff like that your own pastor yeah. I, I'm not yeah. even trying to throw shade on yeah. your own pastor your yeah. own don't rely simply on the Sunday service yeah and if you have a good pastor he'll tell you that <laughs> mate <laughs> shade so if your pastor doesn't tell you that shade I've heard some pastors say when I say something even if you don't understand it take it Take it. That's your truth. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Nah, not at all, mate. But th- that, that's that's another thing that I see with churches now, is there isn't. I mean, I don't know about other churches, but one frustration I have is there isn't a lot of emphasis on going steady, mm. or even on less steady as a group. There's not that much influence em- um, um, emphasis mm. on that. It's all you know. Come to church, you get a two-hour sermon on something. Two hours seven. No, I'm not even joking. But you get you get that and it's, it's supposed to be enough for the week. And over the week when we have meetings, it's come and pray for your breakthrough. Come and pray for God to give you another thing that you need, um, that you're not grateful for the things that he's giving you already. And it's like, where are we studying? Because we pray and we pray and miss because we do not pray right. We do not pray in his name. We do not pray according to his word. So where are we studying? The Bible has been given us for that reason. 
for it steady, where are we searching the scriptures? You know? And so I really get frustrated with that in that where, you know, you'll have six well maybe let's say two meetings and all the two meetings are on either come and listen to this preacher preach or come and pray for something else because God hasn't provided you everything that you need. You know? Mm. I think it's important that we study. But I guess like <coughs> Maybe study groups don't work because everyone's got the like we were saying everyone's got the old style of studying. So I'm maybe trying to create like a like a study group wouldn't be the most effective thing. I mean I don't know about that because my growth the my the most accelerated parts of my growth have been due to study groups have been due to studying with other people and actually going in and breaking down the word and like let's see what it says and you bring your opinion and I bring my opinion we look at the word we look at scholarship and then we grow from the conclusions that we. we but then when something like that you have, you have to actually want to. Be studying the word. Well, shouldn't we want to be studying the word? <laughs> ideally, that's not even an ideally thing. Like, if, if if our churches were saying this is what we need to do, even if our churches were saying this is what we need to do to get the blessings, people would do it. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. People yeah. would do it. But then we come and we stand and we pray for hours and hours and hours, and it's it. Sometimes it sounds like ah, has God not given you something? <laughs> like like it's like come and pray for this breakthrough and that breakthrough and it's like, haven't you broke through enough? You know, like, where is this You haven't yet broken through your sin, yeah? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I just got painful. <laughs> because there's never prayer, God, come and help. Let's pray that God helps us avoid our sin or God helps us break through our sin. I haven't heard that breakthrough Mate, prayer yet. I haven't heard that breakthrough prayer. Have you seen, conveniently, how people are avoiding the Our Father prayer. Because mm, yeah. pe- mm. people are, we've got pastors that are actually preaching, that prayer is very dangerous. You do not want to do it by heart. Hey! <laughs> hey! Gosh. Lead us not into temptation, not by heart. Okay. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. But we, we need to pray for papers and for money. Financial breakthrough. Mate. So the enemy at work that is stopping you from getting your promotion <laughs> shall be removed. Hmm. What if God God don't want you in that job? Hey, <laughs> I was I was listening to um no I wasn't even listening to you know uh, Juanita Bynum Juanita Bynum I don't know how to pronounce yeah, her name yeah. yeah she did like a Facebook Live prayer thing and it came on my timeline and I just clicked onto it I didn't even like pay much attention to it clicked onto it and then clicked off <laughs> not not for any reason not for any reason no 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 I'm not even throwing shade I'm not even throwing shade but then someone added me called jo- Juanita Bynum right. Added me on Facebook after doing that, and like I was like, I was like, oh, God bless you for coming onto the feed. I hope, I hope all is well. And I was like, is this really joining to man? I, I typed it, mm. and I was like, oh, let me. Have you got any prayer requests? Let me pray for you. And I went onto the profile of the person, and it was like a brand new profile altogether, no friends, no followers. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Thank you. God bless you for your work. Cause I didn't know if it was her or not. I was like, oh, I feel, I feel God has a word for you. That person at work that you don't like will be removed. And I was like, I'm friend. <laughs> I, I don't need. Obviously, it was a scam, but I was like, that's the kind of thing that will draw people in. Now, you know, mm-hmm. it's who are your enemies and, and how can that person at work them? you don't like will be removed. Not even oh, well, hearts will change or they'll come to know Christ. It's like they'll be removed. I was like, I'm not sending no prayer assassin to go do nothing for me. I'm all right. Man. <laughs> but it's okay, it's okay. She's tired, it's okay. Come, come. <laughs> I swear that she gets more talkative when we start talking. 
Rest. Lie down. <laughs> She's not on it. Yeah. If it was that easy to get her to sleep, she'll be a happy guy. Is it, is it wrong to use like sleeper holds on kids? trying to get some of the word into um, in your day-to-day life I, I think you know much like well not 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 even much like more because more you actually work as a year faster mm. but you know in in daily um interactions i don't necessarily nowadays anyway i don't necessarily look for you know look for that little segue into religion i don't look for that because i feel like it's it's almost um it's not genuine and people see that coming. People see it. I, I, nowadays, what I find myself doing is just being myself, you know, and, and literally, what do you do in the weekend? I did this, and then I, I did this on Sunday, I went to church, and we talked about this, or whatever. And I find it's more, it's, it's easier for, almost for me to get a foot in the door in people's minds if they know who I am. Mm. And then we're talking, and it's like, Oh, so did you see what uh, David Cameron said about this country being a Christian country? What do you think about that? Oh, I think it would be great if all of us subscribe to the tenets of Christianity, which are boom, 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 and then we're able to go on <laughs> five to, solids. You know, boom. Like if if I feel like it's easier because if they bring themselves, mm. but then they only bring themselves because they know who you are. Mm. You know, and you also find when. For whatever reason, if you're a Christian, people are finding it easier to bring stuff to you, mm-hmm. even if they don't subscribe to your faith. Yeah. Like they'll bring stuff to you almost asking you for prayer without having to ask you for prayer and and they 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 take your input then mm-hmm. even better so for me that's that's what i've been doing so far and it does come down to diligent study it does come down to being aware of the holy spirit which we're not all the time mm-hmm. but by grace in those times that we've needed to be i found god's been you know Amen. god would give me a word or god would speak to me in a certain way and i'd be able to share that um, but that's that's what i've been doing so far anyway how about yourself Robert? Mm. um well, for people that are Christians, or who say they're Christians, I like try and check up, try try and check up on them on how their prayer life is going, mm. how their Bible reading is going, and you know a lot of people find me in the Bible hard, <laughs> which is which is interesting mm. because like. Myself, I don't find reading the Bible hard. Mm. So it's just kind of weird, like, trying to explain to someone how they should go about reading the Bible. Because, because like, you really can't, because it's like your own, your, you, you, your own thing. Mm. So, yeah, what I try and do is just, like, point them towards, like, Bible plans and stuff. Because I feel like okay. Bible plans are, like, like baby steps. A bit easier. To read the Bible. Yeah. And even then, trying to get them to read it every day, it can, mm. it, it can be so long. Mm. But once they get that momentum going... Don't see the benefits of it. Yeah. That's a fair point. It's just, fair it's, point. it's just about persevering and not like and not like giving up on people when mm, they don't yeah. seem to be wanting to do 
what they have to do or should be doing. Mm. Do you know what my stance initially? I thought, yeah, like if I don't mention if I don't mention the gospel, I'm I'm, I'm sinning. Like I'm not mm. I'm not doing the right thing. But now in working with the youth, I've realised that my position is very much like Peter's. Um, some people build relationships with the intention of using that relationship as a catapult to take them to Jesus or as a launching pad to be able to say, oh, Jesus now. <laughs> um, mm. Like, I've seen people do evangelism. I've heard of people doing evangelism like, um, ooh, you've, you've got a red blouse. It looks very, very red. You know what it reminds me of? The blood, <laughs> blood of Jesus. Of Jesus. <laughs> yes. <What? laughs> yes. Come on. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was such a sucker punch. <laughs> but it's like oh, it's it's exact when when you I find that with with the uh, young people anyways when you come with that approach it puts them off mm. off the bat. Um especially now that's an addition yeah. especially nowadays where um there is so much uh like it's it's normal to to trivialize Christ, mm-hmm. you know, especially with that coming with those sort of approaches. Yeah, not yeah it doesn't necessarily work. And plus, they see it as being cheesy it is and cheesy. being inauthentic. They see the relationship as something that you don't necessarily value. Mm. And when they see that you don't value the relationship, they automatically make the association. No, that you don't value them. Mm. So my um, take is. build relationships mm. essentially just build relationships and as Peter said be me in the relationship but then should you be building relationships because you want to convert someone no I'm not building relationships because I want to convert them mm. I'm building relationships because that's what Jesus did mm. when he came he came and yeah. built relationships yeah. yeah so that's why I'm building relationships and I'm I, it's and this is again where diligent study and prayer comes into place I'm mm. building relationships being the Jesus in the relationship. There you go. I'm trying to, by his spirit, be the representation of Jesus in that in that relationship yeah. without overtly saying, I'm being Jesus right now. Mm. Mm. But literally just being that consistent witness yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. So I'm like a signpost. Just being like, I'm here, but essentially I'm pointing towards something different. The signpost doesn't need to say, I'm pointing towards here. It's written all over it. It just points into it, yeah. So it's a case of that's that's essentially what I'm trying to do. So I'm building a relationship, mm-hmm. not hoping it leads. Obviously, if it leads to their salvation, great. I'm happy about that. But if it doesn't, to let them know that God still loves them as an individual. Mm-hmm. God created them and he loves them as an individual. He wants them to know him. But even if he doesn't, even if they don't, it doesn't diminish God's love. Mm-hmm. And so build that relationship and just be consistent, consistently and continually the image of God in that relationship. It's much easier said than done yeah. because it, it puts us in check. Um, one guy who's running the apprenticeship said he runs like um, a youth group for under 11s. And one of the guys has like severe ADHD. So... When he's good, he's good. But when he's bad, he can get really bad. Mm. One Sunday, 
um, what the, the guy's been doing consistently is trying to be the Jesus in this situation. So just building a relationship with him and trying to keep it consistent. <clears throat> One Sunday, this guy's ADHD was just flaring up. The guy got up from the opposite end of the room. This was one incident throughout the entire day. Got up from the end of the room, walked across the room, over to the guy's son, and punched him right in the stomach. Started laughing and walked off. And the guy's like, practically, how do I still be Jesus in this situation? You've just punched my son. Every fiber of me wants to strangle you. But, I need to be Jesus. I need to... So that was the challenge for him. Mm. How do I still continue to portray Jesus in this situation yeah. when every fiber of my body wants to throttle this kid? Mm. You've just punched my child. And I'm like, with Leia, if someone punched Leia in the stomach, mate, it's a rap. It's a rap. Yeah? I'm putting Jesus on the sideline. I'm bringing out Mr. Muay. I'm putting Mr. Muay Thai on front and front row and center. I'm kneeing that chuck. I'm kneeing that actually no, I'm not I shouldn't say that before I use my job. But it's like as a as a parent, yeah, you will feel very protective over your own. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, like you literally just violated yeah. my child mm-hmm. right in front of me. And I'm still to display Jesus. Yeah. So it's it's a lot easier than the done. Yeah. Yeah. But it's being the ambassador that we're called to be. Yeah, absolutely. For the sake of the listeners, because we've kind of spoken about a lot, so it's kind of surmised what I brought up the question, not as an, an arbitrary question, but a genuine question that I'm kind of facing in terms of my work and my line of ministry. Um, is one, being authentic. Yeah. Being authentic, being honest with myself and honest with them. Yeah. Um, diligent study. Diligent study building relationships and sharing the Bible based on the Bible. It's, it, it might sound like a duplication, but sharing the Bible based on the Bible. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, I'm not trying to take it out of context or give, nah, it's the Bible based on the Bible. Yeah. Um, where, as Peter said, it authenticates itself. Yeah, it authenticates itself. Yeah, I think for me, it's just not trying to to, to suffocate them with your opinions. Mm. Because like when you try to force someone to, to to go down your path, the more they're likely to rebel just for the sake of trying to get away from you. Mm. And even even if you are leading them down the right path, they might just go down a different path because it's difficult opinion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so even with even, even when you're like displaying God's word, you have to do it with love mm. because that's what Jesus would have Definitely. done. Definitely. Mm. Otherwise, they won't take on board what you're saying. Mm. It'll be to their detriment mm-hmm. and to yours. Do that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. me. Yeah. I think I've already summarized uh, um, with her idea just being yourself, being open, being being the Christ because you are the only Bible some people will read. Mm. You know, So just be yourself and it's important for you while being yourself to be educated on the word to be full of the spirit and then present that as such mm-hmm. cool well i guess that's a good place to round up yeah guys leave your thoughts on anything we talked about you know if if you're in a situation where 
you feel like you need to come to people let people know about God's words? How do you go about it? Yeah. Mm. Give us some tips. Oh, yeah. If you yeah. need some tips, follow us. <laughs> we'll cook you up. <laughs> Shout out to partners around for the intro and outro music. Yeah. Shout out to Calvin Turner for the Ordinary Amazing logo. Yeah. You can find us on Twitter at the Foot in This UK. Yeah. You can email us at tbsfriends at hotmail.com. Yeah. You can find us on all good podcasting sites. Just search for the Blacksmith's Friends with an apostrophe. You can find us at SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash SoundCloud. SoundCloud. <laughs> SoundCloud.com forward slash the Blacksmith's Furnace, no apostrophe. Um, that's everything. Um, yeah, HMUSH as always. HMUSH. For photography like needs. Um, shout out to, well, go and check out Her Walk TV, uh, Faith Girl Cafe. Oh, yeah, that's uh, come out now. Yeah, another series. So there was Nancy Meets, there was Chat with Angela, now Faith, Girl Chat, Faith Girls Cafe. Um, it's actually quite interesting, you know, they, they talk about it's almost a female version of the furnace only. But it's recorded. <laughs> well, video recorded. Video recorded. So it's much prettier faces than ours. Um, but yeah, check them out because they, they have the most recent one was uh, sex, lust, and something else. Oh yeah, they, they talked about that. Yeah, so if you want to hear four girls talk about sex, go listen to it. And is that one that comes out every Sunday? I believe it's every week. I don't remember when it comes out. But okay. It's on her walk TV, so you go look for it. Look, go, go look out for it. Yeah. Um, Poetry Pizza and Polaroids. Next one will be Boom. December 11th, I want to say. Poe Poe Oh, second Sunday of the month, mm. as always. Come down, it'll be fun. It'll be enjoyable. It's been fun so far. Yeah. The pizza's been nice as well. It's been nice. Might as well come to any of them. Just want to put that out there. Shade. Such a pagan. <laughs> okay, well, I guess this is the black. I got a job. I got a job, guys. I work on Sundays. Are oh, you on time for this job? I am. Um, yeah, I was like half an hour early. Shots. I was, I was like just half an hour sure, early. Just making sure. Just making sure. Um, and this, and this job's in North London. I was half an hour early. Today. I thought it was East. It's North. It's um, the postcode is N1. People are saying he's half an hour, half an hour early, like it's a good thing. Me. It's what you're supposed to do, mate. It's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm not. Su- I'm supposed to get there on time. No, you're supposed to get there early. Nah, on time. No. Anyway. Anyway, this is actually a topic for next time. Do you get to places early or on time as a Christian? <laughs> as a Christian. This is the Black Space for the sign and out. Blah! <laughs>